Cinema Sit Down, recorded Sunday, August 5th, 2018, episode 213, a review with spoilers of Mission Impossible Fallout, hosted by Richard Lusk and Ryan Bull. The following podcast has been approved for all audiences by Flying Bull Productions. Part of any film is the sit down afterwards. Richard Lofsk and Ryan Bull bring you Cinema Sit Down. Welcome to Cinema Sit Down. I'm Ryan Bull, one of the two hosts. Across the table from me is Richard Lusk. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? Doing great. Uh, today we're going to be reviewing Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, before, though, we need to do some quick housekeeping. All right. All right. Um, before listeners get too confused about what show they're listening to, um, this program used to be called Laugh. We've changed the name to Cinema Sit Down. Uh, we did 212 episodes of Laugh, so this is episode 213. We're going to keep it all streamlined. We're done if, laughing. Yeah, we're done laughing. From now on, the show's called Cinema Sit Down. If you've subscribed to the show, your feed should automatically update to the new show. It should all be completely seamless. Um, the other change is we're going to be putting out two versions of the show when we do a review. We're going to have spoilers in one and no spoilers in the other. Spoiler, no spoiler. There so, you go. This is a spoiler. It, yeah, this would be the spoiler. Generally, the spoiler one's a little longer. Right. Um, so that's enough with the housekeeping. Uh, on to the review. Today's film is Tom Cruise's sixth time playing Ethan Hunt for the Mission Impossible franchise, which started back in 1996. The plot of this action spy film has Ethan trying to track down some missing plutonium before it's used in atomic bombs. Along the way, Ethan will have to run, jump, drive, and fly as he tries to not only save the world, but his friends as well, from enemies both old and new. Uh, three years ago on episode uh, 68, I believe, we reviewed Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, the previous film in this franchise. Um, we were positive about the director, Christopher McQuarrie. We were? Who, did you listen to it? Yeah. We're you big, did? Yeah, we're big fans of Christopher McQuarrie. Uh, we loved his first film, uh, Way of the Gun. He also wrote the script for Usual Suspects. So we liked him. Uh, he returns to direct this film. We were also positive about Rebecca Ferguson, who also returns to this film. In fact, many others also return. Simon Pegg, Vin Rames, Sean Harris, Alec Baldwin. So I ask you this. Is Fallout original enough to work for you, or does it seem like a greatest hit of previous Mission Impossible movies? Uh, uh, <laughs> you threw me off because... Episode 68, the, the Mission Impossible, the last one? Yeah, Rogue Nation. Yeah, we had a huge disagreement on that. Oh, you didn't care for it? <laughs> no. Yeah, I gave you the impossible mission of trying to convince me that it was a good movie. It was a good movie. I know, but you liked it. I didn't like it. And then you got really bitter about some of the stuff, stuff I was saying. Yeah, oh. you, you didn't listen to it. I thought you said you did. I listened to just a little bit. Oh, you didn't listen to the part where you got, oh, it was one of our mo I, most contentious. Like last week's was a contentious debate, uh, uh, or not our last episode, we brought up Kamiku the Treasure Hunter, <laughs> which was a contentious debate between the two of us. And then this week, or this episode, we're bringing up Mission Impossible, which was even more contentious. But anyway, so... I feel like you're signing me up to say, though, that you love this film. Uh, I, I, I can't say I loved it, Mr. Bull. <laughs> 
but I liked it enough to where I could recommend it. So I would have to put it, I understand why it gets such a high rating. It's a better movie than most of the Mission Impossible movies, but it, it, it has better stunt work, but it's a, it's a terrible story. Like there's not, it's a, it's a set of set pieces in search of a movie. And I, and I don't think it even cares if it finds one. So that's, that's kind of how I would describe it. It's just a bunch of cool action set pieces. Yeah, I told my wife when I came back from watching this that most action movies would have one of the set pieces that this movie had, and this one had four. Yeah, I, even the cold open of this movie wasn't a set piece. I don't even think it was that great of a set piece. Like the, 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 the part that leads into it. But then after that, it's just a roller coaster ride. Oh, yeah. As opposed to the last one. Was it called Rogue Nation? Rogue Nation. I think that the first part of that movie was its own, like, hyper intense action set piece. And then it went into more. But then this just has, like, car ch- Like you said, land, sea, and air. And uh, I think Tom Cruise has proven that he's conquered all of those. Or Ethan Hunt, anyway, has proven that he's conquered all of those uh, realms. I was watching this movie and thinking, is Tom Cruise the greatest action movie star? I mean, he does his own stunts, like Jackie Chan, right? Right. Um, people in the theater cheered for the scene where he broke his leg in the film. I think everyone's seen the footage of him jumping between buildings and he, you know, he breaks his leg. Right. And they keep that take in the film. Yeah. People in the theater cheered. Well, he couldn't do another take because he broke his ankle. When they come back eight weeks later, <laughs> I think that, that was how long they had to yeah. uh, shut down the film for. But I thought, when did this guy become such a great action movie star? Because going back, and I was reading some of the reviews for the first Mission Impossible, and they're like, eh, is Tom Cruise really that great for action? You know, Should he be doing action movies? The very first Mission yeah. Impossible? Yeah, but that wasn't even very much of an action movie, comparatively. Well, I mean, compared to what it's become. Yeah, I mean, but you can see some of the groundwork. They do that heist in the computer lab, you know, where he's suspended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, but well, with every movie, I mean, he's gotten better with the stunts. The stunts have gotten crazier. I mean, this one, there were quite a few where I thought, holy crud. Like, I know he's got a harness attached to him, but how did they ever get the insurance to do this movie? Well, since he underwrites his own movies, I mean, he's the producer. Yeah, but I, I, I Why know would anyone else sign up? The last thing they filmed was the Halo jump sequence. And they did that because they wanted to give him more time to train. But it was also, if he dies or gets seriously hurt, you know, we're fine and we have our movie. Huh. Well, I, I, I didn't know that. I thought that was somewhere in the middle. It's the way I understood it, that they went around and did all these action, you know, all of these uh, scenes. And then they cobbled together a movie afterwards. <laughs> In terms of the screenwriting, that's that's kind of how I understood it. So it, it sort of bothered me in the sense that that's what most of our students do when they create their own films. They just run out with a camera. But in this case, they ran out with a bunch of IMAX cameras. And they decided, I think Tom Cruise decides, hey, I want to do this thing. And we'll work it into the movie somehow. So let's figure it out. How are we going to do this? I want to fly a helicopter. I want to do a high altitude, low opening jump. And, at, uh, at twilight. Yeah. And then we'll work a movie around it. So the threads are sort of frayed around that, that aspect of the movie. So the, that's why the story kind of fails for me. 
Maybe. I mean, I, I thought this story was easier to follow than some of the other movies. I didn't know if the movie, though, was trying to be um, clever, like when it lets you in that Henry Cavill's character is going to be evil. Wow, GD, right, right into spoilers. We're not even going to care. This is the spoiler. Yeah, version. I get it. <laughs> I understand. But I mean, no, that's but, cool. but that's one of the key parts, because I know there are people in the theater who got confused. I could hear them getting confused about Henry Cavill uh, later on in the film when... I don't know, they do like the double turn, Alec right. Baldwin's character is actually, <laughs> right. you know, faking it. And there were people confused, and I thought, but we knew Henry Cavill was a bad guy when he turned over a different phone to Angela yeah. Bassett. But I think a lot of people missed that. Yeah. Like, the I, movie tried to get clever for just a real quick second, and then it went back to being a dumb action film. The movie does all of its... It, it, the title itself is just an attempt at being clever, because it doesn't really mean anything. Unless you think it means what what they're setting it, I mean, what did you what do you think it means? What do you think Fallout means? It's the fallout from the previous movie, but it's not. I mean, these movies definitely paired together. I, I, this would be a hard movie to watch if I hadn't already seen Road Nation and been introduced to a lot of these characters. Really? Because I don't, I don't think I think you could just watch the movie and have no idea what's going on, just be watching it for the cartoon aspect of it. It's a live action cartoon. Sure. But I mean, you but trying to follow the plot would be difficult. I, I I would argue that it doesn't matter because the plot doesn't matter. It seems like the plot doesn't matter at all. They're trying to get back the plutonium. I know, but that has nothing to do with the first movie. The only thing that has to do with the I'm, when I say the first movie, I mean the movie that precedes this. The only thing that has to do with the movie preceding it are some of the characters or yeah. I mean, like when Rebecca Ferguson yeah, shows you, up, I would be a little confused. Who's this? extra person and who's she working for yeah but I don't, I don't think you needed to know who she was in rogue nation because right. i think they kind of explain it the thing that bothered me the thing that was confusing for some of the audience i would say a third of the audience when i saw it was there's not much difference between in looks between michelle monahan and rebecca ferguson no, so it no. doesn't help that they look so similar when the Henry Cavill character, the Walker character, shows a picture of one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. To In be, the elevator? Yeah, it says, I'm going to do something to her if you don't, you know, back off. Mm-hmm. Which, when I say a third of the audience, I mean my dad, because he had no idea <laughs> who that was. Like, compared, you know, there's no... So he thought it was the same person, because there are a couple of dream sequences. A couple of and dream sequences. he thought sequences. that was Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, he he didn't know. He wasn't. He, it's confusing. It doesn't help that she looks like her, and it doesn't help that if you didn't know, if you didn't watch, or if you didn't remember that he had married Michelle Monaghan in, I guess, episode three or four. Three. But when does he divorce her? At the end of three, or I think he's still married to her in four. Yeah, but but then they say that he left her so that he could go save the world or something like yeah. that. Yeah. There, there's stuff has happened in yeah. between three and four. It doesn't, it, I'm just saying it doesn't help having her there. And I will say this, the movie was spoiled by the trailer because they show Michelle Monaghan in the trailer. So that sequence or that shot where he shows her the picture, mm-hmm. and you know, well, that's not the only time we're going to see her. We're going to continue to see her. At some point, she's going to be talking to Luther Stickle, Fing Rames' character, and that's going to be annoying. So you weren't shocked when she shows up at the end of the film in that uh, 
Kashmir. Yeah, Peace Corps right. camp. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, you, you knew that that was going to happen. I mean, no, I, I wasn't shocked to see her there. I knew that eventually she was going to show up, so she had to show up somewhere. In my mind, I was thinking that, that she would have seen Luther after everything was said and done. I didn't think they'd be diffusing a bomb together. Yeah, I, that. <laughs> that was fine in Wes Bentley's like a perfectly understanding husband. Yeah, you know, that, 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 that guy, was... <laughs> Ed's boyfriend, shows up who's got movie star good looks just randomly. In the middle of in some yurt Cashmere somewhere. Or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, okay, oh, do you want to go hang out with her? That was the least believable part of the movie. I was waiting for him <laughs> to be part of the bad guys somehow. I guess he could be in Mission Impossible Seven. He could show up, maybe. No, because you want to. You want uh, Julia Michelle Monan's character to have a happy life, and she apparently she did after she left him. What was interesting was a lot of these side characters are pretty tall actors. Like I think Wes Bentley's <laughs> like six foot one, six foot two. Henry Cavill's uh, a good like six one as well. Ving Rhames is tall. Alec Baldwin's like six three. Right. And you could tell during this movie that they were trying to te- keep, or they were trying to keep Tom Cruise away from them <laughs> a lot. Uh, like they played a lot with di- diagonals and stuff. Sometimes and like you would put Tom Cruise closer to the camera so he appeared taller. Uh, in shots where they couldn't do it, you could tell that they were Apple creating Tom Cruise. Yeah, but there were times though, like that Halo jump sequence where they didn't do that, and the the physical di- uh, dichotomy between the two of them was more made more obvious. But that makes him a better villain, in a sense, for for uh, Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. because Cavill is so oh, that, so much more imposing. The scene in the bathroom where he takes off his jacket and just yeah. kind of gets into that brawler boxer stance, yeah. and you're like, "Holy crud! That guy is thick." Yeah, yeah. Well, he's Superman. Yeah, but I mean, like he's got depth to him. I mean, he really is an imposing figure, and I've never really liked him a whole lot in movies. I like that they let him be a little arrogant in here, a little flippant, and let him be the bad guy. Yeah, this might be his best movie. I think that works better, because I think he's a bit of an arrogant jerk. Yeah, he was good in The Man from Uncle. Did you see that movie? No, I still need to see that. And apparently, it was his work in that that impressed Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise wanted to work with him in this. Yeah, I think that it's interesting, because when I guess they, they become adversarial at some point, in the movie, and then and then they have their their duel, but they don't. Oh, I guess they do have a physical fight at the end. But the thing that's interesting about it is going back to a question you asked earlier: Is Tom Cruise the uh, the best action movie star, or the greatest action movie star we have? I'd say he's the greatest action movie star that we have that wouldn't be able to kick any other action movie star's ass. Because <laughs> who are the other ones? Keanu Reeves, which is well, also... he's not an action movie star. Come on. He, arguably, he's done four of the greatest action movies ever. Uh, Bill and, other than Bill and Ted's no. Excellent Adventure and The Bogus Journey. No, The Matrix is a classic. Speed is a classic. All right, but those Point are... Point Break, and then uh, you've got the John Wick films. Speed, he doesn't do much action, action-y movie stuff. I'm, I'm thinking like... Uh, drive a bus 50 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. And then if you go back to the, when, when was, uh, when was that point break? Point break was late eighties, like 88, maybe as God, that maybe was 19. Cause that still kind of holds up. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's not as dated as, uh, 
as some other movies have become. Because I was just recently watching, today I was watching A View to a Kill, <laughs> which is horrible. It's horrible. It's a horrible movie. It's no action. The fight scene is a joke. It's But it, that's the template for, James Bond anyway, is the template for uh, for this movie, for these kinds of movies, yeah. kind of spy action thrillers. I was thinking more along the lines of like, uh, oh, Vin Diesel, the Vin Rock. Diesel and the Rock. Yeah, he can stand toe to toe with those guys. There's no way. I guess, but like someone like the Rock, we probably would say he's the greatest action movie star currently, and that we have going. But does he have really a great action movie to his name? I mean, I know he's been a part of the Fast and Furious franchise, Wasn't... but has he ever really carried an action movie that's considered great? Well, that that's where I was. That's kind. Of, that's where I think action movies are headed. I, I guess people would claim, maybe you're not, but people would claim that those Fast and Furious movies are the top tier action uh, movies. I, yeah, fine, but they seem kind of ensemble films, and oh, it, it's a lot of driving. The last one was just so ridiculous, right? I, but they're all so ridiculous. I mean, it's still got ninety above ninety percent mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes, so the critics are judging it as an action movie, and people are loving them. They're still going to see them. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I know they're doing a spinoff one with the Rots character. Oh yeah, with Jason Statham. Yeah, he's also. another action movie star that Tom Cruise couldn't beat in a fight. Yeah, but I think that guy's got legit martial arts training. And... That's what I mean. That's my point. Yeah, Jason Statham. Uh, the Statham. Statham. That's what I call it, the Statham. He's when a I guy that's never really blown up as big as I thought he could. For Wait for the Meg. Yeah, the Meg. Hundred fifty million dollars for the Meg that budget it'll do well over in china that's crazy that's that's insane to me i didn't know it was that much because it's only going to make a little bit here but anyway back to this movie who are or action movies in general because i'm not an aficionado or a connoisseur (laughs) of uh action movies so i mean i think you can throw out anything from the 80s i mean there might be some great ones but it's changed now. Now it's all set pieces and stunt work, and uh, well, you have guys who are, who are truly athletic enough to do the stuff. I mean, I love Schwarzenegger. I love Stallone, but they were very good at just walking and firing guns. Right? They, they weren't going to do a lot of stunt work, and you couldn't really get stuntmen who looked like them very often. So you you couldn't do big set pieces. So what are the action? Who are the action movie stars now? Like, I guess Tom Cruise is the top one. Right. Keanu Reeves. God, really? You could put Keanu Reeves in there. Yeah. All right. So I was saying throw out the ones from the 80s and even the 90s. It's 20. I mean, if you if you start with the year in the 2000s, mm-hmm. who are the action movie? Like, what are the great action movie franchises? Like, is Chris Pratt up there? Yeah, Tom Cruise Chris, could be, well, be yeah, Chris I mean, Pratt's ass. I don't know. I think Chris Pratt's a lot bigger than <laughs> I don't know. He, Tom Cruise knows that Krav Maga stuff where he beats stuff, people up with his elbows in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. We're, we've gone down there, a rat hole. It is a rat hole. Going back to this movie. How much life does this franchise have? A lot of people are saying this should be the last one. Because, I mean, they reference a lot of the older films. Right. And I mean, the helicopter chase sequence at the together. end is from the first movie. Uh, from the second movie, the motorcycle chases. Uh, you also have that rock climbing bit at the very end of the movie. It's like, well, we've crashed, you've fought, no, you've done everything, but now let's see you, you know, do some free climbing. Right. 
under a timer. The third movie, J.J. Uh, Abrams had Tom Cruise running a lot in that movie. And gosh, that guy can run. When, <laughs> when he's running across the, the building tops, uh, I mean, he looks great running. And he's, I mean, he's trying not to smile because there's got to be a part of him like, this is crazy. I'm running through the middle of London, you know, in these very private locations where, you know, the public doesn't have normal access and I'm just going to oh, do all uh, this cool stuff. Westminster or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I thought that they doubled down on that gag of him, like stumbling into random places and people being confused by his <laughs> presence. So I, I don't know. I, I didn't, it, I think they said somewhere that that cost that that one shot was like a million dollars or $10 million or now I'm off by orders of magnitude. But just to do that one scene, cause they had to pay all those extras and they had to, get the rights to film in there. And it, it was a sight gag. It was like 10 seconds of the movie at most. But it gives it some spectacle. Yeah. I, I don't mind that it's there. I don't even mind that they spent that much money on it. I don't know. If it... And I mean, there's a part, it, the whole thing felt real. I mean, I know during the motorcycle chase sequence, there weren't that many cars on the road, but there were some. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and just to, you know, let your star drive around doing 50 miles an hour going against traffic. Yeah. Without a helmet. I mean, mm-hmm. he screws up or, you know, a tire blows something. Mm-hmm. He can be so seriously hurt, but it, it, there he is, you know, driving around. Well, he goes out of his way to make everyone know that he's the one doing these things. And he rides a motorcycle in every single movie. <laughs> well, I like been in. in the halo sequence where he has to wear a helmet. It lights up from the inside. Yeah, they Such made an a, impractical design. They made a special helmet. Yeah. So that he could, that they could show that it was him doing that. I don't know if him doing that is as impressive as the camera person doing it. Because <laughs> I think they said that there had to be a camera person, cameraman, I suppose, and a focus puller mm-hmm. in order to keep him in. And, and they had to, they had to jump out of the plane backwards. Because of the, it was a continuous shot from when he walks and looks over and sees that there's a storm and then he goes back into the plane. Mm-hmm. And then for some stupid, random, making no sense reason, Walker pulls his air hose out and then he jumps out of the plane. But then the shot reverses and the cameraman has to walk backwards and then jump out of the plane. And then the whole time they're going through the sequence, it's one shot and the camera. I they, mean, they, they hide some cuts in there. Like when they're going through the storm yeah, and but stuff. You, I get that. You, you can hide those cuts, but they still have to do the three or however many different times they, they jumped out of the plane. They still ran it through the same way, I think, mm-hmm. three times. And every time there's a danger of them slamming into each other. Oh, and, yeah. Visibility can't be that great. Having lights glaring in your eyes. Do you think Tom Cruise wants to die doing one of these crazy ass stunts so that he can go down as the greatest action movie stunt person ever and the greatest Spect- I mean, who was the life. last guy that, who was that old guy that died in the Twilight Zone movies in the helicopter crash? Oh, uh, um, Mitchum? No, it wasn't. It was something like that. See, yeah. you don't even remember his name, but everyone would remember Tom Cruise if he died. I oh, mean, yeah. they'll all remember him now. Uh, his uh, co-star in this film, Simon Pegg, he talked about in the last film, they had to do some driving sequence, and he was in the car with Tom Cruise for like three or four days. And at first, it's fun getting that adrenaline rush, but then he goes... You know, you're just sick to your stomach after a while. And he was, you know, so nervous that he was going to crash. Tom, though, was having the time of his life. And he said, Do- doing this movie, you were always wondering, is Tom going to die today? Is this the last day I see this guy? <laughs> wow. I think he's he gets off on that. 
it's a heck of a movie. Does it matter to your enjoyment of the film that the most of the stunts were real? Yeah, I, I really like the real stuff. Does it matter to the general movie-going public? That, I'm not so sure of. I mean, I definitely enjoyed this more than Infinity Wars, the the Avengers film oh, okay. from earlier this summer. I mean, <laughs> yeah, just like another Mission Impossible. That, that was just, you know, huge CGI spectacle, and it was impressive. But there's just something like seeing a guy hanging from a helicopter and losing his grip and falling 40 feet. And, but, I mean, you know he's got some sort of Descender rig on, but still, just... I'm thinking That's crazy work. I'm thinking most people wouldn't know the difference between a guy falling out of a, a 40 feet off of a rig attached to a helicopter in real life versus a raccoon falling out of a spaceship into a tree in real life. I just don't think that they can distinguish. I mean, we can't believe our lying eyes anymore. We've crossed the uncanny valley and now Well, I mean, that's a lot of the marketing for this film though is to let you know like we really did this stuff. Right, because they have to, or else people would just assume that it's got to be... All green screen and whatnot. But when you're watching the movie, when you're sitting back in those big, you know, mm-hmm. plush chairs, and you're just enjoying the moment, are you? I think you might be, no, you, because you're aware of it, but the, I, I don't know, I think the, it, the it, vast majority of, film, of uh, audiences are just like, oh, A, a wow. similar stunt work film uh, from a couple of years ago, Mad Max Fury Road. We love that film, mm-hmm. and I think we really appreciated how much of it they were actually doing, you know, physically. Sure, there was a lot of CGI to fill in backgrounds and like rig removal, you know, the safety lines. But I mean, they were really driving through a desert at seventy miles an hour while a guy shreds on a guitar that spits out <laughs> right. fire. Right. A lot of my students didn't care for that film, but they love Fast and Furious. I'm like, but this movie, they were doing the stuff for real. Yeah. Fast and Furious, yeah. they're not. Yeah, it's not like Hooper. <laughs> oh, it was better. It's like, guys, they drove down a airport runway for 15 minutes yeah, but in they... Fast and Furious. They're like, so? I was like, that would be from where we're recording, or where we're at school, and uh, they go to school in Newport News, like going all the way to Virginia Beach in that time. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's not possible. It's cool. Yeah. They jumped in a car between two buildings. It was awesome. And I mean, this film is doing well at the box office. It's about to break $100 million and it's doing well overseas. But I don't think it's bringing in the teen audiences. Mm, I don't know. I mean, nothing like an Avengers film or other Mm-mm. superhero films. But, I mean, I appreciate it. I wish more films were like this. I don't know. Uh, it won't. I don't think it'll happen, mainly because you're not going to have someone willing to... Like, who's going to... Ryan Gosling doesn't want to, I don't assume learn all of those different stunts and, and put himself into the peak physical condition to be able to do these things, mm-hmm. hold his breath underwater for six and a half minutes or, uh, you know, jump between two buildings and break his leg. You know, he just, and most people aren't going to, I mean, underwrite again, the, the, um, production of those kinds of movies when they can just easily put it in there as CGI and no one will know the difference. So what would be the point? Why why risk it? You have uh, to, I mean, you definitely have to have a star who wants to push for it. And it's not something like uh, Ryan Gosling couldn't go out and do Mission Impossible 7. I mean, this is definitely 20 years of training. Right. You know, and Tom Cruise has done so many movies that have involved stunt work, and he's built up a repertoire of skills that you know allows him to do right. this. Speaking of that, Liam Neeson, another action movie star. <laughs> 
Is he older than Tom Cruise? Yeah, I think he's late 60s. Now. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. Tom Cruise is almost 60. All he's, right. He's heading towards 60. So we're both big on this film? Yeah, you're a little bit bigger than I am. Um, but that's fine. But it's, it's, it, it's a decent this is a, I guess this is a nice way to kind of wrap up summer. I know you still have your Meg movie to watch. Yeah, the Meg. But after all the superhero and CGI fest earlier in the summer. Which I didn't see any of. I didn't see Ant-Man. I didn't see Infinity Wars. didn't see Jurassic Park. You just saw Deadpool, right? Deadpool, yeah. We we did that. But that this is nice, and now we're going again to the fall season. We get to start getting into the award movies, some of the quieter fare that you're real big on. Yeah, some of them. So is this the nice palate cleanse? As an action movie, yes. As the the end of summer thing, yes. I guess it's kind of sad for people that like summer action movies, summer blockbusters gotta like you a whole no- i know i gotta wait a whole nother year so you you don't think the meg's gonna scratch that itch i think it'll be goofy fun what about mile 22 i, I don't know about that film I, i've got very mixed uh, feelings after seeing some of the trailers it looks like that uh oh what was the movie based on the video game that mark Wahlberg was in transformers no isn't there one where he's a uh Oh, guys uh, Max left Payne. for dead. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Max Payne. Uh, not really. I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah. It it won't do it for me. I probably won't see it. Oh, did you ever see Equalizer two? Yeah, I saw Equalizer two. It has this obviously much smaller movie. Uh, yeah, Equalizer two. Uh, not so it, great. Yeah, it, it it was fine. I'm glad I saw it, but um, didn't have to go see that one on big screen. Glad that we didn't have to do a review. Are you interested it. in uh, Tom Cruise's next movies? I don't know what he's got coming up. Uh, Luna Park is an original movie with uh, Doug Liman. I love Doug Liman's film, so, uh, so a, I'm assuming it's a science fiction. Yeah, they piece. go to the moon. He's part of a group of renegades. They're trying to extract something from the moon. I'm in. From Luna Park or whatever. And then uh, Rebecca Ferguson's going to be in Dr. Sleep, which is a sequel to The Shining. I like that book. Um, it was one of Stephen King's better books in the last 10 years so the, the only problem i see with the potential of this movie is the involvement of stephen king his movies aren't great i mean when he's involved with him and directing or well, i think he's got some screenwriting and producing of the movie so and then uh simon pegg is going to be in a movie with michael sheen which is like two lookalikes you know mm-hmm. i mean he looks it's, it's like uh zoe saldana and uh and uh, what's her face? <laughs> Looks just like her. Thandie uh, Newton. Thandie Newton, yeah. Yeah. It's like them being in a movie together. Uh, Slaughterhouse Rules. That's their movie. So those are the those are three movies with these action movie stars. They're these movie stars. That's the one thing I wish they had more of in the movie is more uh, more Rebecca Ferguson. Sorry. Not more Simon Pegg. More Rebecca Ferguson. She's very talented. Yeah, um, she was awesome. I think and she was pregnant or something during the filming of this movie. Yeah, I think they had to cut some stuff, and it, it didn't look like she got to do a lot of her own stunts. It was, it's kind of hard when you are seven months pregnant. Yeah, stunting for two. <laughs> That's so. fine. But no, I, I'm glad to see that she's becoming a bigger and bigger star. So, um,. I guess that's episode 213. Thank you for joining me. All right. Thank you, Mr. Bull. There be dragon Fox at Bonham, everybody.
What did you think of today's show? Send in your feedback by tweeting at CSD Podcast, emailing cinemasitdown at gmail.com, or messaging us on facebook.com backslash cinemasitdown. Cinema Sit Down is a Flying Bull production.